TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 555, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University and also host the Screen Tom podcast. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Tom, do your news. Okay. ABC has announced the Beauty and the Beast special has cast Martin Short as Lumiere, David Allen Greer as Cogsworth, and Shania Twain as Mrs. Potts. Amazon announced that Parker Posey and Wagner Mora will join the Mr. and Mrs. Smith uh, series. Apple TV Plus has ordered two seasons of a new Vince Gilligan series starring Ray Seahorn. I'm in. Saoirse Ronan will lead Steve McQueen's World War II drama Blitz, also for Apple TV Plus. Disney Plus announced that High School Musical, the musical, the series has added six actors from the original film, including Corbin Blue, Lucas Graville, Monique Coleman, and three more. FX announced that Chloe Zhao has signed a first look deal with Searchlight Television, and they picked up Reservation Dogs for season three. Yay! Yay. Uh, HBO True Detective season four has added five to the cast, including Christopher Eccleston and Fiona Shaw. HBO Max announced that Sarah Paulson is attached to star as cult leader Gwen Shamblin and also to executive produce the scripted adaptation of The Way Down. Jarrell Jerome, Emmy winner for When They See Us, has joined the cast of Steven Soderbergh in Odd Solomon's series Full Circle. And Shay Cole from Small Axe has also joined that ensemble cast. Finally, Lucas Gage has joined the cast of Dead Boy Detectives. At NBC, Guy Locker and Sarah Rafferty have exited Chicago Med. Yaya DaCosta is rejoining the cast in a recurring role. At Paramount Plus, Jerome Flynn, a.k.a. Braun in Game of Thrones, has joined the cast of 1923, a Yellowstone origin story. Peacock has announced a straight-to-series order for an adult animated comedy that reunites Silicon Valley creator Mike Judge with star Zach Woods. And Peacock also canceled the Queer as Folk reboot after just one season. And that's the news. Next up, we're going to start talking about the shows. Our show is House of the Dragon. And this was whatever episode we're on. What, five, I think? Five. Yeah. yeah. And this is the last episode before we do our big time jump. And it was all about uh, the basically marrying Rhaenyra's off to her first cousin. And what kind of wedding is it without having a bunch of blood and guts on the ground? I mean, I feel like that's a very standard. It's red wedding. Traditional Westeros wedding. Yes, traditional Westerosi wedding. wedding. Yes. I mean, it wasn't red wedding because only one person ended up dead. I mean. Yeah, but that was a lot of blood. That that was a lot of face. That was a lot of face. And my, my problem with it was that Everybody told I'd I waited too late to watch the episode, so everybody had told me something big happens. So I'm waiting for this wedding, and I'm just like tapping my foot impatiently, waiting for whatever the big thing is. And then they were like, "Can you believe what Allison did?" And I was like, "Okay." And then when she comes in in her green dress, I was like, "I don't get it." And then they they helpfully explain it. They're like, "Oh my God, she's wearing green." 
green means she's declaring war. And I was like, thank you for that exposition. I wish that they had figured out a way to give us that exposition before she shows up in that green dress so that when we see it, my reaction is like, oh my God, she's wearing green. Yeah, well, I agree with wait, you I there. Missed, I missed it. What? What? Because you, you missed the exposition, I'm sure. Yeah. What? Is, yeah. What's the deal? The with exposition green? is is that uh, the family Hightower they're known to have lighthouses, and when they call their banners to war, they light it in green. So green means calling the banners to war. Okay. So her wearing that green dress means she's declaring war to who and who? who's she who's she fighting Where, who's the war she's against? she's basically remember the whole thing is she's now gonna try to fight to make her son sit on the throne oh, got which it. is her best friend oh, okay got so it, got it's it. all about her declaring war but the fact that you had to have a character whisper to another character to explain this moment right. that was terrible i should already have known that they've had five episodes to slip that into a conversation somewhere and they didn't do it. So now you've got this scene where she shows up in the green dress. And I was like, why is everybody being weird? What's going on? And they're like, oh, my God, she's wearing green. And I was like, okay. And that should never ha happen, you know, especially if you want a big dramatic moment. Yeah. It should be a big dramatic moment for the audience. That's all. Allison, your thoughts. Yeah, no, I felt the same way, especially when I started hearing all this, the talk later on about, you know, I mean, I thought when people were going to talk about the big moment, they're talking about, you know, uh, Kristen Cole going crazy and, and, and. Oh, that was insane. Uh, yeah, which yeah. I thought, okay, well, that's a big moment. And then they say, no, she shows up in a green dress. And I'm like, that really wasn't that impressive. Yeah. And, well, no, and it's for the reasons know. that you right. say, yeah. for the reasons that you say, if we had known ahead of time that, you know, the meaning of that dress, the meaning of that color, then just like, you know, uh, Viserys, when he, he sees her in it, we would have had this <gasps> reaction upon seeing right. her. Instead, we're looking at her and it's like, oh, nice green dress. And right. it takes until we hear the little whispered conversation about, you know, that's that's what they wear when they, that, that's the color that they light when they go to war, um, that we go, ah. Uh. So it's, it, instead of being a gasp, it's more like just, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not the same kind of reaction at all. <laughs> I mean, overall, I really liked the episode. I, I liked, um, the, the, uh, politicking going on to, to arrange for the wedding and, and the arrangement. Oh, that, and we forgot uh, the collapse at the end. Yeah. Um, but the King. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, that, that happens at the very, very end. That's what I meant. Um, but I, I end, really, yeah. I really appreciated, you know, the, the arrangement that, that, uh, Rhaenyra tries to make with her, her newly betrothed, um, because neither that's of them are into each trip. other and they're just going to, well, but they're, you know, I, I like the fact that it's just like, okay, well, we'll get married for political reasons, but you know, you live your life, I'll live mine and you know, it'll be cool. Fine. And, uh, you know, then we have we have all the the blowback later on because Kristen Cole does not understand these subtleties. And well, we I, don't, I don't, don't think know. it was just the subtlety. I mean, I don't think it yeah. was the situation. It was he was goaded. That guy. His yeah, I think the guy. I think the boyfriend. Yeah. I don't think he was trying to goad him at all. I think what he was trying to do was say like, "Hey, you know, we're we're in this situation no, as long as you keep your mouth shut." No, that, no, no I totally. Way that wasn't we, so first of all, first of all, we don't. Yeah, we don't know what he said, and based on that dude's personality, yeah, I totally we do know what he said. We heard the conversation. We were there. He said a bunch of stuff. 
he definitely said a bunch of stuff. We heard the conversation and it was from, I mean, yes, it was like a, it was like a kind of, uh, you know, elbow nudge thing, but I think for, for, from his perspective, because this is an arrangement that he's had and he's known is going to be like this for years, you know, because they're never going to be able to be open about their relationship at all. So from his perspective, it's like he's he's like okay this is this is what we're gonna do and as long as we're quiet about it well everything will be okay you'll get yours I'll get mine you know yeah I don't think he was trying to goad him I think I think he was goaded by it because he he doesn't get what's going on um I mean and clearly Kristen Cole does not get a lot what's going on by the scene (laughs) earlier where he actually confronts Confesses what he did no, but to he Also, the fact he's that not, he thinks he's that not dumb. he's not dumb. He he like look if he were. Well, you're gonna have to prove it to me because that was a really yeah. He dumb seems move. pretty dumb. Yeah. No, but no, I feel I, mean, I feel like his it was a his, thing of passion. It's like a you know what I mean. Like to me, that whole thing played. You can as, be as I passionate mean, as you want, but he was stupid. He well, just he he had this this ridiculous notion of I don't know whether it was honor or just you know anger at being yeah, rejected like or whatever it is. Because remember he. He did this. He confessed to this after he was rejected by Rhaenyra. Correct. When he said, "You know, let's run no, off and get married," here, here's, here's, she said, "No." He's noble, because he's a noble. But here's guy. the thing: No, he's here. not noble. He's he's he, he's angry and and rejected. No, I, 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 I admit admitting it, and he was like, "I'm gonna, I'll take, I'll, I'll take my face. He he believed. Here's the thing that that makes me think he's slightly delusional too. Yes, which is I would go with that too. The, yeah, the fact that he proposes to Renera talking about let's go run off to whatever. Right, which and is preposterous. I was, which was absolutely preposterous. And the whole reason he did it was not because he's in love with her. The whole reason he did it was because he's like, well, I stained my my white cloak for you. And the only way to make my honor okay is to marry you. Not because I love you. But it's because to, to fix my honor. Go. I was like, what kind yes. of propo- first of all, what kind of proposal is that to a woman? Yeah, that and what like, kind of no, honor is that either? When yeah, you think about it, it's honorable in his it own head. Up. It's his own rationale. Like delusional. A crime of passion is. <laughs> but he puts he puts that a... over. The thing is, he puts all that over Rhaenyra and her well-being because remember that we live in that they live in a time and place where you know she could be she could be executed for that. First of all, she'd be completely rejected as non-desirable because now nobody knows whose baby she's going to produce. And, well, yeah, and, and does its, if that tea does its job, there will be no baby. So. Yeah, right. but they don't, nobody, you, you realize if they were confident in that, then they would have just left it as is. And they're clearly not confident about it. So um, we've got that going on. And the other, the other part is that, I mean, you know, a lesser woman, certainly she, she could in, end up being, you know, killed for, for this very thing. Because yeah, he was, women he was, have like I said, rights. the whole, the whole thing, everything that he did in this entire episode was delusional. Yes, he's not he's not working on a full tank. Okay, I'd like to. I'm say not something. saying. <laughs> I haven't said anything. He's you pretty, but he's no, dumb. She's, go ahead, Yusin. I haven't said anything. Um, I want to just address everything that everybody's saying because I'm not saying anything that is. It's like there's no mutual exclusivity. It can be many things. I think it's nuanced. So, like for me. I'm not disagreeing necessarily with anything that you guys are saying, but I definitely think it's more nuanced. I don't think that the lover meant to goad him. It wasn't like deliberate, but he was so self-satisfied yeah. and just like, you know, and just had no sort of uh, like a shame about it or anything. So I, I agree, I agree with, with that. 
Yeah, yeah. I agree with that totally. We agree with you. We're agreeing with right, you. Right, right. Yes. So, but so no, but you guys were saying like, oh, he wasn't goading it. He was. No, I said I agree. I said oh, he was. Fine. fine. So he was not intentionally goading. No, him. but but it was still his fault. Like it, it, he wasn't. It wasn't innocuous, and he's not absolved of whatever. He was being a jerk. Like I would use a yeah. stronger word. So, um, so for me. Uh, and I have to disagree. I think that that your point, Libya, about you know him not even marrying her for love, none of this is rational. We're the viewer, right? But but we're watching this dude who is in his own mind, you know, being honorable, doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Like we're seeing him commit a crime of passion. That's literally what the definition is. That's how people try to get off of murder. He went nuts, and he was in like a fugue state where he was just like, ah, I'm going nuts. So like it's all tropey personally. So and then for me, like the scene where they're walking on the beach, if I see one more, um, you do your thing and I'll do mine, gay partner. Like it was like, you you know, we're gonna be each other's beards. Yay! Like that to me was so boring and predictable. We'd already known that he had a lover, which also is boring and predictable. I don't know how many royal queen political marriagey things you know and the king is always gay how about the woman how about just just mix it up a little bit how about make the woman gay and the guy be cuckolded and be like i'm not letting you sh-. here's what would be interesting if he was like okay we're not trying to rewrite this story. yeah i mean you're talking fine, about a story fine. that we didn't actually <laughs> see but my point is that to me the show fails because even though it has redeeming qualities and yes, the politicking and the acting, like it's not a terrible show, but I do not think it is bringing anything new to the table at all. Like it's trophy. And then it doesn't even uh, add to sort of the, the lore of game of the game of Thrones. And, and, and listen, I'm one of those people that is very fair that if you do a sequel or a prequel or whatever, whatever, you also need to be able to stand on your own merits. So if you've never seen Game of Thrones, you need to be able to, okay, you need to be able to prove to a new viewer that this is worth watching. So I don't think it, I don't think it succeeds on any of those levels. I do not think the show is terrible. I will continue watching it, but I am not really impressed. I think it's kind of lazy writing. Well, right. I would I would agree with you on that. I mean, if 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 I had never seen Game of Thrones, I, I would think this is a perfectly serviceable show. Um, it, it you know it, when I compare it in my mind to like first season Game of Thrones, yes, it's it's not nearly as compelling. All right, well let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Serpent Queens. I'm gonna leave that for uh, Tom and Allison. What do you guys think of the next episode, Tom? Since you haven't spoken yet. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought it was interesting that we open with the queen uh, making our our servant girl, whom she had kind of disciplined in the previous episode, her personal, you know, her personal lady in waiting, and then she basically says, "I don't, you know, you re- you reprimanded me and I did nothing wrong." And she's like, "Did you? Did I now?" Because she had stolen an orange from her. So it's interesting that they've kind of entered in a, in a little truce, and uh, the servant girl was set up to serve a a pile of poop to uh, the queen. So the queen's like, one of your one of your coworkers doesn't like you very much. Shall we figure out who it is and get them back? And then meanwhile, you get the backstory. I'm still not sold on the structure of the show, but Samantha Morton's always good. And the I love her. Story, She's great. The backstory is compelling too, and the, the person, uh, the woman who plays the young version of her, is quite good. I, I've never seen her before. 
No, I haven't either. And she's, she is excellent. Um, what I loved about it, you know, I mean, the thing is, you know, she, she did say um, that, oh yeah, I was, I was unfairly treated and, and Samantha Morton, you know, gives that little sly aside. But the, the fact is, it was the fact that she stole that orange that endeared her to her because she saw herself in, in her and she saw that opportunism, which is, and that's why she singled her out. And I love the, you know, the thing, you know, I'm just going to skip to the, the end bit where they come back to them, um, where she, she gives her a lesson in getting back your own revenge, um, that little, that little revenge thing, you know, that, that she'd been so, so hesitant to engage in before. And she hands her that, that bit of gunpowder and tells her it w works wonderfully with brioche. <laughs> just the sight of the, of the cook who has been, you know, uh, hounding this poor girl, um, sticking her face in the oven just before it goes boom was was a wonderful sight. I, I thought that was great. So all of that was great. But the the main story itself, seeing um, what what the younger version of her is going through, trying desperately to stay in the court, even though her husband has no interest in her. And then um, the worst happens and her uncle, the Pope, dies before he's finished. I was surprised the they got rid of Charles Dance so early. <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, there's only so much you can do with the character. Had so much money in the budget. That, that's it. Plus, you know, the character was only around just so long. Um, and and so that was unfortunate. But he did have his own little gurgly death scene. So there's that. <laughs> I, love um, the, I love the euphemism. He had a digestive ailment. <laughs> <laughs> she had a problem when she was sleeping and... <laughs> yes, these little these little euphemistic wonders. Um, so so I, I I just like the 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 gamesmanship that she has to go through and the plotting um, just to stay in court and stay you know and in favor. Um, and it, it seems like everyone has their own agenda and everyone's scheming against her. And I think that they're doing it really well so far. I mean, historically, they're they're just for the most part going off on their own weird tangents and a lot of these characters were nothing like the way they're being depicted here the dauphin especially who's a complete psychopath in the show um apparently he was just a bookish quiet little guy in real life but it's, yeah, there's not much like yeah there's no near drama in that so um we're doing this instead and and i i'm so far highly entertained and i, I think it's a it's a great fun show I think we've we've broken the code with these historical dramas that the characters and situations are real, but the char characterizations can be 180 from what really happened. Yeah. And I just want to give a little shout out to to the costuming, which I think was fantastic in this show, particularly the under there's a scene where she's being undressed and the undergarments are flawless. I mean, there are just layers on layers and things tied together and and it's it's perfect. I think they're they're okay with it because she's not supposed to be sexy, but they do a great <laughs> job. All right. Uh, so I'm taking you guys are both saying thumbs up. Oh, yeah. It's yep. a great show. I really recommend it. All right. Next up, we're gonna, next up, we're going to talk about The Patient. And, Tom, I'm going to let you lead this one a little bit because uh, – only because you're like, I got cut off and I watched more episodes than you. So uh, I – if I remember correctly, episode three is when we have a visitor 
And yes, it turns that out, was an awesome reveal. And it, and it turns out to be the mom of the cray cray dude who locked him in the basement. And sure. she's totally codependent. I oh, like, I don't want to do anything to get my son in trouble. Can't you just like, help him? It's like, woman, you're an accomplice. I know. He's like, he's he's a serial killer. He's murdered. Unnum- we don't even know the number. He's got a box of wallets of all the guys that he's murdered. He has a name that the police are calling him. And she's like, well... At least he wants to go to therapy, so that's got to be healthy, right? I was like, oh, my God. I read your book. It was wonderful. <laughs> I think uh, you was... could help him if anybody could. It's like That was so crazy. Because I was like, how do you even respond to that? It's like he has me chained to the floor of your basement. And that's okay because I'm giving him therapy. Like, <laughs> all of that was insane. And it was like the longer he talked to the mom – the more he realized, oh, this she's is why this really effed up. <laughs> yeah, and he also realized, oh, she's really not going to help me. Oh no, um, no, no. So what was episode four? Because that was mainly three. Three was really just going, oh my god, the mom is insane. Um, I, I just started four. at four and I got interrupted. So, <laughs> so okay, I guess. What was the cliffhanger of three? Because each episode ends in a cliffhanger, which I think is really cool. It that was last week, dude. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I've been all right, in all right fine, fine. We'll just say we did episode three of The Patients and leave it at that. But just, I will just say that one other thing I've noticed about the show is they're also doing really, I don't know if I love or hate the flashbacks they're doing with uh, Steve Carell with his family and his son, like the relationship between, because we find out that his wife has died of cancer and we're having all these flashbacks showing her the the relationship he has with his daughter and the son became becomes super uh more like they're all jews but like the son becomes i forgot not just uh agnostic he becomes something hasidic i think i want to say and so everything is super strict they got to have their pans a certain way they got to bring over their own food and then it just makes everything very awkward and he like the son starts to like really resent his mom, which is weird because in the flashback, they show how close they were. So I'm not sure where that story's going, but it feels like it has its own subplot. Like as we get each flashback, it reveals more, I guess. It's kind of interesting though, because it shows that Steve Carell's character, you know, even though he's obviously the protagonist, that what's gone before, he's not perfect. He's, he's right. He's, he's mortal. He's human. I find it fascinating this show was created by the same dude who created the Americans. Oh, okay. And you don't see half hour. I mean, half hour dramas are still the exception, not the rule, but man, is it compelling. And it really is. It really is. It's just, I mean, by the time you really get invested in an episode, it's like almost over. It's like, what? We're just, yeah. if you want, it feels, it feels great because you get to a moment. You're just getting into the feel of the drama. It's about to hit a peak, and then we hit commercial break. Or it's not commercial break, but like into the Listen episode credits. Mm. And you're just like, oh my god, I gotta hit the next one. Um, but apparently Tom is immune, but that's okay. <laughs> Hopefully you will. That means you have like two episodes, two or three episodes to catch up on in a row, so that's good. Yep. All right, next up. Uh, so two thumbs up for the patient. Oh, yeah. I-, I will warn you, the newest episode is very just like, whoa. In a good way. Uh, so next up, we're going to talk Vampire Academy. We're going to talk episodes three through five. 
And that's going to be me and Yusin. Because last time we talked Vampire Academy, only Tom and Allison had seen it, and they both tapped out. Um, but Yusin jumped on the bandwagon late. So let, let's let's hear what you got to say. What did you think? Um, I can't not say that, uh, and I loved you, Allison. Um, uh, and I know we share a passion for costume dramas and stuff, but oh my God, it was straight out of prom 1980s. I was so looking forward to the costumes. I won't spend a lot of time on it, Livia. Um, but I have to say, because I think most of us have seen Vampire Diaries, and I laughed because between the like, Let's have an excuse for like people to dress up and we'll to have, have a ball. Everyone, dance. yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And that would actually be cool if like everybody looked really beautiful and cool. I'd be like, fine, whatever. I will say though, Allison, I'll agree with you. It, it is a weird mix of like the boys, the the boys, because they are boys, they're in school, I guess, uh, wearing that kind of, like you said, sort of Regency, Edwardian, like, I don't know, they're making it up as they go along. I kind of like that. Uh, and then juxtaposed with the Dompier and their like military wear and stuff. So that was, that was cool. Anyway, uh, that being said, I will pair it by saying that maybe because my expectations were so low that when I watched the first two or three episodes, um, I thought, I mean, it's not straight up garbage. And I, 100%, I mean, I don't know if that's a resounding, you know, support. That does not sound like a resounding but, remark, but, but go but, ahead. But it, so, and honestly, maybe that's truly because, and then also you guys were like, oh, I'm so confused and, you know, this and that. And I was like, I, there's like nothing that I, that would be confusing to me. That being said, it was not a great show. And Allison, uh, I almost thought to myself also at four, I was like, this show really, something needs to change or this is just, you know, it's nothing. Um, and then, like I have been saying for four, five, six, seven, ten 10 years, it's my Buffy rule. Give it six. And uh, it usually doesn't mean, it, you, you know, it doesn't mean that it changes at six. It usually starts to change around four or five. And then by six, you're like, okay, I'm in. So five is the one that sort of has to really change your mind. And so much happened. So little happened. And there was a lot of exposition. But at five, so many things pay off. So many things are revealed. There is so much action. I will, I don't know for the sake of who, um, I will prevent spoilers. I don't know if Allison or Tom, it doesn't seem like you will get back on the bandwagon, but there were people, there were, there were character deaths, you know, and I thought it was very moving and I'll let, I'll let, um, uh, uh, Livia, Me. Uh, I'll let Livia say some more things, but here are the things I want to say that worked for a show like this. There are different components that have to work. And Libby and I really, really talked about this. I know you guys were saying, like, they're vampires. When are they going to vampire? You know what I mean? And, like, since when did vampires have magic? To me, it's a fantasy show. So we've seen the lore of the vampire in every aspect that we could possibly imagine. So for me, even though it isn't very super vampire-y, I'm open to the idea of being like, well, at least it's different. You know what I mean? And and they do sort of, you know, come back around and mesh it a little bit better and then continue to because of the Strigoi. Is that what it's called? Strigoi? Strigoi. Yes, yes Strigoi. So, you know, and that's a, that's a, that's not a, that's a, even a vampire kind of lore cliche thing where there's like the more animalistic feral vampires versus the like more conscious ones. But they go into that even and start to, they've left a lot of breadcrumbs. And so for me, uh, you know, the show doesn't die on the, like, we're not a vampire enough show sword. Like, I'm okay with it as long as they, like, give me interesting things to watch. And then the last thing I will say is, I mean, come on. It's a Julie Plex show. It's a YA show. You're going to want um, 
you're gonna want uh ships they give you so many to choose from and um and they're all pretty good and there's a love triangle yawn you know what i mean but like i like the love triangle i think the the issue with a good love triangle is you kind of really are evenly split between her choices as she is so it's not a good love triangle well i'm just curious who which love triangle are we talking about oh never mind i know which one you're talking yes! about it's the whole it's the whole my favorite character and she's got the guy that's in her class who's super Correct. pretty the best and then she's friend. got the the she's got the that she's got the instructor guy yes. who's kind of hot, like and they're both good people. Yes. Yeah, and, and this is the one of the times where they actually make the triangle like. And, oh, and then when he gave the speech, where where the young guy comes in and he's like, "I know you're going on this tour, and I'll wait for you." Yes. And I was like, "Is the I was like, is the other dude in the closet?" Like, because yes. the scene before, <laughs> the other guy had just given her a speech about, "I don't know how I feel about you," so. And then they hear a noise, and he turns. They both turn around, and it's the other dude. And I was yes. like, "Where'd the and other dude like, go?" Disappears. He yeah. disappeared. I was like, "Is he in the closet right yeah. now?" When the other yeah. guy's giving the speech, yeah, like that was crazy. I mean, but I I give you points because at first I like the older guy more, but as we've gotten to know the younger guy, I'm yes. like, oh, I like him too. Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm I'm kind of I I think the older guy's gonna win this contest eventually at the end. But I mean, the hot I guy to... always wins. But I would like Ducky to win. <laughs> I would like Ducky to win for once. I would like. I would like the second. He's lead. sweet, especially that speech where he's like, "I'll wait for you," and I was like, "Oh!" And he's hot too in his own cute little. He way. is hot. He is hot too. No. So I mean, I feel like that's she's not gonna lose. Like she's not losing either way. She's fine. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for the lead chick because her two choices. Well, I like the guy that she likes, but she can't be with him. Oh. And the other guy she has to marry is a complete douchebag. I want, so... I want to talk about this because I think it's very important. We have talked about it uh, over time and this and that. And this is a huge issue, especially what's a, the, what's a huge because, issue? Of the forefront, because moving the forefront of allowing Asian men to be like, uh, not only Hot. just the lead, but like sexually, you know, attractive. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is very new. You know what I mean? And it is, uh, it's really refreshing. They're not the size. And he's super cute. He's super cute. You know what? Listen, I'm Asian. I'm not super into Asian guys, but I can be very objective. And I think he's attractive. And more importantly, this is way more important. Because as a viewer, everyone has different tastes. I right. want to believe that they like each other. You know what I mean? Yes. I want to believe yeah. that they have chemistry and I buy it. So for me, yeah. it's not awkward to watch. Um, and like, and again, this is like, oh, I have a dog in the fight because I'm Asian. I don't. I mean, I'm not super like, Asian men are so hot. Why does nobody ever see that? But I think in terms of society and media and representation, I think it's long overdue. And I like that he doesn't know Kung Fu. I mean, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, the only hot Asian guy. Yeah, I was going to say, Fu. everybody else on that show knows Kung Fu except for him. Right. So like, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's smart. Well, and I'm stereotype, but, um, but, and yes, he has like fire powers, which is cool, you know, but I think they're doing a really nice job of balancing, you know. Oh, we forgot to mention they're forming a Scooby gang too. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little less happy about that because um, it's I too, like my Scooby gang. It's just it's too tropey. And like, we've seen it a hundred times. We just finished with like, you got it. It started I with know, Buffy. But you, I know, but I, 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 one, I think it's because I didn't expect it. I did. So when it actually happened, it starts to happen in episode five, I was like, oh, wait, we have a gang. I was like, oh, we have a team now. I'd rather have two so, female leads, just like like the Nevers. Do you know what I mean? They didn't Scooby gang it. Do you know what I mean? Like, they don't need a gang. They still had support. They had a support, support team. Is we fine. Still, support the, is two, fine. the two besties are still going to be the two besties. Of course. Like, that's not going to change. Yes. 
So anyway, I I was especially episode five. I was like, okay, yeah, you guys got me. I well, I, I kind of liked it before. Listeners. I want to say to podcast listeners, if you if you're curious enough to start it, hang in there, right? I I would be surprised if you didn't get. Uh, at least change your opinion a little bit to five. So if you're even remotely interested in the show, uh, be prepared to be patient and then wait till five. And if five doesn't catch oh. you, jump off the ship. Jump off. I was going to say, I really like J. August Richards, how at first he just seemed like a very background kind of character. Ooh, and now great. he played Gun on Angel. So now he is, he starts off like kind of background and now his character has kind of really come to the front. Oh and my so gosh, I, I like that. that was a great reveal. Where he like powers in and is like ready. Yeah, that was you know? great. I was yeah. like, dang, he's like boss. He like, oh, let's talk about this representation. Uh, there's lesbians, there's there's two black gay men, there's like a, a ginger and a blonde. There's like, I mean, they went nuts. And I love it because it also didn't feel like super forced woke. It just seemed very, like, it's kind of the ideal. You just want it to not be an issue. You don't want it to be just, this is how the world works. I mean, it's a little easier to get away with because it's a fantasy world. Um, the show isn't popular enough. Uh, it doesn't have a built-in fan base to make, go nuts about it. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, it's just the the really, you know, um, at, you know the really uh, awful fanboys that make a fuss. So, mm -hmm. so for me though, kudos, kudos, because I think not only did they do it, but they did it really well and the way we want, which is it's not an issue. So I like. All right, well let's move on. I both of us liked it, uh, so we're giving it a thumbs up. All right, next up we're gonna talk uh, She-Hulk, and this episode was yes, we're doing a self-enclosed uh, uh, wedding episode. Just Jen, uh, attorney at law. I know. Uh, and she looks at the screen and she says it. And I was like, okay. And I'm glad that that was kind of false because she did end up hulking out a couple of And oh my God, she beat the crap out of Titania. Where I, actually, <laughs> I gasped out loud. That body slam where she knocked her on her face. I was like, <gasps> like, <laughs> and knocked her veneers off. <laughs> oh my God. I was, I was like, I don't think I gasped like this at fights normally. And it was just, it was such a brutal fight. It was great. Uh, and her friend is so passive. I was like, yeah, I would have walked out of that wedding a while ago. Like, you're on duty. She's like, we we paired you up with the dog, and you're on, on laundry duty, and you have to pick up all the trash. I was like, how is this? What's going on? Like, I, I, I didn't like a lot of that, because there was no explanation about why her friend hates her now. Like, what's going on? Like, that wasn't explained to me well enough. I thought, Tom, did you have an idea? No, but I, I, you know, when the friend gets drunk and is like, oh, and I love you and all that, it's like, um, yeah, whatever. Um, but it's just, it felt weird. That's all. What I thought was really interesting. Oh, <laughs> I like the side story with Renee Elise Goldsberry doing the thing with the dude who's immortal. And keeps oh, the immortal guy. The immortal guy. Instead wife. of getting a divorce, he kills himself and gets remarried. Right. And then all the all the wives show up. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Because they were like in the middle of a conversation and he dives out the window. Uh, and they were just like, what just happened? You know, he, he doesn't like to be in an uncomfortable situation. So he literally kills himself to get out of them. That's insanity. Yeah. Well, uh, but yeah, that was cool. I like their bonding. That was a cool bonding moment for them. But and, and, that says something that that storyline was more entertaining than her at the wedding. Though. Yeah, I'm just, eh, I mean, 
Yeah, the wedding thing didn't really do it for me. I thought the 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 tag though that somebody is basically really trying to do her harm, that sets up the you know is there a puppet master or somebody behind the scenes trying to you know kill her? With those, like, well, needles. obviously with, with those, the, like, they needles. showed up with that huge needle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that yeah, because they're trying to. I don't think they're trying to kill her. I think they probably they want just want her blood. Power. I feel like they yeah, want her yeah. power. They want her blood to make more hulks. That's what they want. Right. Interesting. Super soldiers. I mean, <laughs> that. I mean, I don't know. I, here's what I will say. I um, was very keen on the show, uh, especially because I like new things and it's a half hour comedy and yada, yada, yada. We've already talked about why I like it. Let's talk about why I don't like it. I, um, I feel like it's such a small show. I mean, I know... It's its own thing, and I think someone on a previous podcast made reference to Ally McBeal, which isn't a bad thing, you know what I mean? And I can see that's an excellent sort of reference, uh, and I did enjoy the show, Ally McBeal, but I think I enjoyed Ally McBeal better. So, like, I think it doesn't do enough of either one or the other or a combination of both. Uh, I think that it's not enough superhero-y enough for me. Um, it sort of seems a little bit like an afterthought or just like, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like not a joke, but like, I don't know. It does. It, it doesn't, it's the show isn't funny enough for me or endearing enough for me to work on that Ally McBeal level. It tries to be like sort of absurd and it continues to break the wall and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I, I feel like the storylines are very small and, I, I don't really, I'm not invested in like anything. So that's okay because it can be episodic. Like each episode is its own little self-contained thing. One client, two clients. I get that as well. I do. But I'm sort of, this show is kind of slowed down for me and I definitely watch it. And Tatiana is, is or I think it's right. Tatiana is her first name. Um, uh, she's highly watchable and I, I like her very much, but I'm going to have to say this train has slowed down for me. Um, I don't find it particularly funny, and I don't think the superhero-y aspect is, is is that interesting for me. So I'm a little kind of disappointed at this point. It, it's one of the things where I feel like it ironically should have had less episodes. Um, because, yeah, the, the wedding is just it just is boring. It was boring. It was so boring. So, I hate to say this, right? As a, as a feminist and as a woman, I mean, as a human being, I don't need to be a feminist to say this. I feel like so many of the episodes are so very like they they kind of hinge on like uh like stereotypes of women or like yes you, you, thank you, know you. What, you know what i thank, mean that's exact i i know exactly what you mean because it's been it's starting to bug me you yeah. know when they started to do because because i have liked this show i have oh, been enjoying the show me too. but i have been uh, like patient with this show yes. because every single episode feels like we're just getting started okay you know we're gearing up to go somewhere but we never seem to get there. Um, and, and, and it's like every episode we start from scratch again. And it's the same tropes over and over again of, oh, you know, this is what it's like to be a woman in a man's world. And even if you're a superhero, you get treated like garbage and you have to date terrible men. And they have to say terrible things about you. And you're never hot enough, blah, blah, blah. And on and on and on. And we do this literally every episode. It's one thing to have it at the beginning. Yeah, but to just keep hammering it every single time, and and then this the wedding episode just seemed pointless to me. I really, you know, I liked the like you said the the whole law thing that was going on with uh, Renee De, uh, Denise Goldsberry. That all 
was was that was great yeah that was great i really enjoyed that but you know i mean the you know she hulk should have been a part of that it it shouldn't have been a side story instead we're at this wedding of a character we've never heard of before and really don't care about um she shows up it's misogynistic the bride it's very it's i I feel like you know are there any actual women on the writing staff because it seems like a bunch of guys got together and said oh these are things that are important to women (laughs) and tried to write about it and it just doesn't feel like that i mean and and everything about the wedding too was so off it's like she she gets an invitation from a high school friend of hers so you presume they've been friends you know friends with her as jan and instead, she shows up to someone else's wedding as she the Hulk. And right. it's like saying, look at me, look at me. So her friend was was right to be angry Correct. about that. Correct. But then, you know, we from that moment, we switched to later where we're su- suddenly we're supposed to be sympathizing with Jen because her friend is now a terrible person and doing all sorts of ridiculously over-the-top awful things to her. And then that switches at the very end after she beats up uh, Titania. Titania, uh, yeah. Titania. Um, and, by, and how does she do it? by knocking out her veneers because you know women are vain um <laughs> so even even super villains with mm-hmm. superpowers are going yeah. to stop if their veneers get knocked out uh you, you know and and suddenly her friend hugs her like that you know she, she's seen her now for the first time in years it's it, it was just it's badly bizarre written. it was bizarre, bizarre. it was badly she written it was like sloppy. a terrible romantic comedy you know what I mean? Like, there's a ton of brides movies out there, and you know, whatever. Yeah. It was just goofy yeah. and uninventive. And I, I, I want all right, wait, wait. Let, let, I don't want to hear. Let, I don't want to beat that dead horse anymore. There. So let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Resident Alien, and this episode was probably the most fun I've had watching this show in a while. Uh, mainly because he got to be an alien for a lot of the episode. He got to wreck shop. They ran. There was a lot of action, and there was a lot of stuff feelings. discovered a lot of feelings. And, and actually there were feelings but also the plot finally moved forward i will say they tricked me and i thought that the mayor was going to end up being that the son that, uh, alien I hunt, thought, hunter I thought son. Too. Yeah, and i was yeah. like i was like that and then when you get to the end i was like oh that was a good red herring you guys had me fooled yep. you guys had me fooled um so that was pretty good so I liked all the pretty much all the storylines in this episode, which rarely happens. I didn't even fast forward. I was like, oh my god, I watched this whole episode without fast forwarding anything. Because usually it's the best friends or the mayor or whatever storyline that I'm just like, ah, oh, snooze. But this one, everybody's storylines seemed to be somewhat connected, a little bit, not everything, but every, everything was moving forward in this one. And so I really liked that they invaded the alien uh, bunker and they released all those prisoners who were obviously not aliens. And uh, and I just really liked Harry just getting a chance to just uh, bond with his spawn. You were my spawn. All of it was great. All right, uh, Allison, you go next. Well, I think I, I like the show overall better than you do. Yes, they have these, these uh, plot lines, these B-plots, that I really want to fast forward through because they're boring. Um, but and I do. <laughs> the overall, the I, I I've still yet to do that. I just kind of sit there and snooze. But um, the 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 basic storyline, the thrust of it, uh, with with Harry and and uh, all the rest, that is is interesting. And like you said, this this episode really they finally went all in with that 
And that was the, that was the, the whole episode all the way through. And I think it was stronger for it. We had a lot less of, of the, the side things and um, I, I will say, though, that I, I wasn't that thrilled to find out that the mayor was not the son because th- I thought that, well, you know, they just lost the opportunity to make him interesting. I know. <laughs> he, he still remains because, an uninteresting I had character. that exact same thought. I was yeah, like, oh, it, they could have made him interesting. Uh, yeah, it's all because he has an anxiety that people in town don't like him. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, okay. I say, really? Really? <laughs> um yeah. So anyway, so we're still left with a boring mayor. But other than that, um, I'm I'm really keen on seeing where they go from this. That you know, the the baby is now obviously going to be their Grogu. I have the feeling. <laughs> oh, he's so cute! He Such a cute, cute little baby. Cute. Yes, <laughs> he's very sweet. What is it with so us we're... and like baby alien, baby like you know creatures? I mean, little I latex babies. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and in any case, very endearing, very cute. I thought the whole thing when they did the montage to turn on your heart light was hilarious. Oh my God, um, that was so funny. I, I, that was just perfect, dead, dead perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great episode and I'm, I'm, ex- I think, I think next week is the finale of this, for this season. So I'm jazzed to see where they go with this what they do here, here here's 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 my here are my two cents i am always uh just wonderfully surprised i shouldn't be at this point and none of us are but uh but for me the one-liners and not just from you know uh alan tudyk i mean yes he is a gold mine. but he's the champion of that yes, yes. he's mm-hmm. a gold mine but like i mean the throwaway line of when the sheriff came in and he goes I actually rewound it because I was like, wait, did he just say what I think he said? Oh, about the dude's wife? And he goes, yeah, I don't I don't want to hear about that etch-a-sketch nipple play stuff. And I was like, <laughs> what? And, and I, I like the mayor was like, I don't want you to say that either. No, but I mean, the, the line was so hilarious. And I was like, he did not just say etch-a-sketch, right? And then, and then, I mean, nipple play I heard, but I was like, wait, what? And... So they always have these amazing, like at, at least four or five every episode, and they're definitely spreading out the love now. You know, they're just—I mean, the the sheriff has always kind of had some really great, uh, you know, one-liners, very droll, you know, kind of whatever. Um, and his delivery is really good. But um, I'm I'm always I, like, why am I so surprised? Like every episode, I'm always like, oh my god, that's so funny. Um, so you know, I I like the show because it works on every level and i just want to say that props for them it was it was really pointless honestly uh because they're always trying to grab uh give give a storyline to everybody but at least they get props for doing the whole drug addiction thing wrapping that up in like two and a half episodes because i was like oh my god i was like i don't want to watch this character who i don't hate um, you know, be addicted to have prescription meds, you know, and th- th- I was like, I mean, I really was like, oh my God, please don't do this. And they just wrap that up, which is great. Yeah. Except then what was the point of it to begin with? Just Yeah. Just like, I'm totally over it now. Yeah, like, and then, okay. All off screen. And then I was, I yeah. was actually waiting for her to be like lying about it. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, that's also terrible. Like, you know, a lot of addicts are like, I'm done. I'm clean. And then they run into the bathroom and do it. So then I felt like, okay, then is it just an excuse to like, 
for her to dump her boyfriend or her boyfriend to dump her? Then no, I, like, I think it's an excuse to have the two of them move in together. Well, that's so what now, I figured. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think there was, there was probably a more economical way of going about that. But, that's what I'm know. saying. Like, that just didn't make any sense. And I loved the boyfriend. I loved the boyfriend. He was so patient and kind. Well, and- he might come back once she, if she comes clean. So we'll see. Whatever. But my point is, uh, it, it, like like uh, like Allison said, it just it's too circuitous. Like, well, I don't need that, like, angsty breakup. Like, just figure out a way to put them make them become roommates and stuff and, and whatever i i the thing yeah so i won't i won't belabor the point i think everything that allison said um i absolutely and you uh said i agree and this is a little gem of a show that like is surprisingly you know more compelling interesting and sweet and funny than i ever thought it would be all right well let's move on thumbs up for resident alien uh next up we're going to talk about star wars Andor which is the prequel to the Rogue One. And I'm going to let Tom start off, since he hasn't talked in a minute. Uh, what did you think of the three-episode premiere? Loved it. <laughs> All three episodes? or? Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, I just... Uh, it's interesting because uh, my code... My working name for this show, by the way, was Rogue Zero. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's so clever. No, I, I just really <laughs> liked... What's really interesting is... I like that they didn't feel like they had to rush into anything. And so basically uh, two, two seasons of 12 episodes apiece. So this uh, this is basically act one. The three episodes are basically act one of season one. But I just like how it was unfolding. You know, inciting incident, we meet this uh, this company that basically is very empire friendly and so we have middle management people, and um, I forget the actor's name before. I'd never seen him before, but I'm like, aside from D23 when he was there with cast members. Oh, you mean the news head of security guy? Well, the, the the middle manager dude who, like, his boss doesn't care that two, you know, two flunkies yes. were killed. Yeah. But he cares, and he gets his people to care. Yeah, he's he's very idealistic, and he also really wants to be a hero. Like, that's really his motivation almost got himself killed too well that's true too and he got a bunch of other people killed so there's that but i thought it was interesting that um you know basically wrong place wrong time and also the fact that we basically have a brothel in star wars in a star wars series with without a brothel a brothel a hoe house (laughs) (laughs) but you know without having to go into details and or, or show body you know, body parts, but it it just feels, it's such a refreshing change of pace. And the fact that Tony Gilroy, who's the creator, executive producer, basically said no fan service. And it feels like, I mean, if this didn't take place in the Star Wars universe, I would still be interested because the characters are compelling. Yeah. And Diego Luna, by the way, you son, as a costumer, I want that coat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that coat. He when was I saw the, the best dressed, yeah, no, when, they did a nice when, job on him. Mm-hmm. When, when I saw the when I saw the clips at D twenty three a couple of weeks ago, it's like I want that jacket. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I already have one of my uh, one of my one of my one of my uh, Edna modes on it. But no, I just thought it was a really interesting plotline. And what's fascinating is we're getting it's interspersed with flashbacks to very young Cassian Andor growing up on this backwater planet, and we find out that Fiona Shaw. It was funny because in present day, I'm like, 
is that Fiona Shaw? She looks really old and haggard. And then flashback. <laughs> so they did a really good job with her. Has she been sick? <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm I'm in. I'm just, I'm really interested. And then Stalin Skarsgård shows up and it goes to 11 in episodes two and three with him. That's true. Yeah. Because he, he shows up and makes it way more interesting. Uh, Allison, your thoughts. Okay, well, I, I did like it. I did not like it as much as Tom did. Um, I, I, you know, when I watched it, I have to confess, I was extremely tired. I had had a very long day, and I watched it at the very end of the day. So I actually fell asleep in the middle of episode <laughs> one and two. Um, and then I, I had to roll it back and watch it again, and really, I was having a hard time. Um, but I, in episode three, I woke up completely and and it held my attention and everything was was great um i think episode three uh is is just fabulous from beginning to end it's paced perfectly Uh, the action the characters everything just completely works i think that episodes one and two because i spoke to other people later and i said was it just me because i was really super tired and and the feedback i got was that no it wasn't just that um and and i think the, what i was feeling was it just took too long to yeah. get together it was too talky the flashbacks could have been cut down to one the his his you know that background just wasn't as interesting as as they think it is especially since they didn't even subtitle it so we don't know what these kids are saying to to each other i mean we have an idea of what they're saying in context but if it's so unimportant that they don't even need to subtitle it then really it's not that engaging um and as much as i i wanted to see um fiona shaw uh that whole bit when she rescues him i think they could have just pared it way down if they if we saw one flashback maybe two where you know they he the thing crashes he goes inside she finds him takes off before the empire can get there boom done i think that that would have been a lot better i uh, but so i think that there was a pacing issue and i think that there was a uh, too much exposition issue going on at the beginning with things that we didn't necessarily need to hear um, Our- once they really got cranking in episode three and brought everything in uh, uh, particularly, you know, with the in, the inclusion of Stellan Skarsgård, you know, doing his doing his thing, I thought it just from that point on, everything was fabulous. The, the it, that was great, and I, I'm hoping that the rest of the series follows in that in that vein. I I feel uh, like Allison. Sorry. I mean, sorry, I meant Houston. Sorry. Oh. I was looking right at you. Okay. I feel like I'm, uh, it kind of makes, it works out perfectly that I'm, I'm speaking last because I am right in the middle. I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I was a big fan of Rogue One. Um, I know there's a whole divide in Star Wars community about, you know, was it good? Was it not good? Why is it good? Why is it not good? Um, so I, I am a built in audience for this. Like, this is something that I should have liked and I did. So kudos to them. You know what I mean? They, 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 they didn't fan service me on purpose, but they, they definitely gave a person who's a fan of the characters and the way it was shot and everything. When I, but I will say this to Allison, I actually very similarly started the show very tired and I was not bored. Isn't the right word, but it was, it kind of was, you know, it took a little bit of, you know, and I was like, Oh, this looks like Blade Runner. And it was kind of noirish and, and, you know, and, 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 People talk about Rogue One being not noirish, but you know, not you know, having a different feel than the rest of the Star Wars movies. So, yeah, which I is what I like about it. Yes, yeah. exactly. I'm exactly. With you. 
So when I was watching it, I thought, oh, they're going to honor that. I was like, this is great. But I just was like, I'm so tired. And I was like, I need to do this show. You know, I need to do it justice. And I was like, I need to turn it off. And I was like, I'll try it again. So it definitely took a little bit of time, which is not a diss. Um, but I, my point is I really, I, I honored it by being like, okay, let me, let me really pay attention to it. That being said, Libya was saying off podcast and even now she, you know, we're referencing like a three episode premiere. I don't think it needed to be three. It could have got its job done in two. And I think that I the agree. second episode, uh, was not filler by any means, but like it was too long and we, they could have absolutely put it into two and it would have been tight and it would have been super exciting for me. So I actually did kind of wander a little bit and I kind of was a little bit lost. Olivia, were you going to say something? Yeah. Speaking of somebody who was not tired or sleepy when I watched it, uh, I had the exact same feeling. So it wasn't you. Right. Uh, it was, and from a editing standpoint, yes. it was too much. Yes. It was too much exposition, yes. too much, whatever. Yes. And when I, and when I finished episode two, I was actually angry Oh. because I was like, if I, I thought if they had played these, one a week like they normally do if if they had ended on episode two i would have been mad and like thrown my remote because it ended on such a weird non-interesting kind of cliffhanger um but then when like you said everybody said i think here's the thing it started really well yeah the open was great yes and then the flashbacks are good some of them were interesting but two felt just draggy and then it really took off in three and so I'm excited about the show, right, but I want to wrap up. Okay. I want to wrap up. We got to keep going. Oh we got to keep going. I just want to say this about the the, the, the costume. And uh, I thought Diego, they did a really nice job in general, but I have to say this in the beginning, because especially because they make such a big deal about it being such a far out outpost and being dirty and this and that. I was like, everybody's costumes are way too clean. I was like, it was noticeable. Like the saturation of the color, everybody we, we so got, bright. I was like, that was a big deal got, though. I was like, the, that kind uh, of we, takes we, away. Anyway. Well, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. Um, so next up, we're going to talk C. And this is not the finale, but we're getting close. It was the House of Enlightenment. And it was basically, I mean, the thing about this episode that was completely predictable from frame one was you've got them, all the main good guys are locked into, into House of Enlightenment and all the bad guys are surrounding it. And all, so all the best fighters are on our team and all the cannon fodder are on the other team. So there was zero tension. Zero tension. Except for they stole uh, the bombs. Well, I mean, I knew that was going to happen too. Like, them st- like the whole premise of, oh my God, the troops are coming. Let's lock ourselves in the school and not go take care of the bombs, which are obviously not in the school. The objective, the entire objective of them when they got there was to free the kids, which they did in the first five minutes mm-hmm. and then destroy the bombs, which they didn't do. Instead, they went and hid inside the school. So I just was like, why are you hiding in the school? If the bombs are over there, what are you guys doing? Cause the guys can't see them. So they have time to figure out a way to jury rig and destroy the bombs. Did they do any of those things? No. Nope. So I was very much like they did everything by the numbers. It was some really good action scenes and watching them gut and take swords to the mouth and do all kinds of crazy gross stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's the expected level of violence from the show. And and it was good fight scenes, but I felt everything was. And then when the bad guys at the door and he's like, who am I negotiating with? 
why would Bubba, Bubba Boss or the other guy admit that they're in the building? That takes away the the surprise. Why would you do that? That was dumb. Like, I, anyway. Uh, this episode was better than some of the other ones, but I'm still not. I'm so glad this is the last season. Just, like, finish it so I can be done. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I felt a lot the way you did. I was, it was like the only, first, first of all, when you know that this is not either the last episode or the penultimate episode, you know that the, there's not a lot in the, in the way of stakes here. It's right. like maybe they'll, maybe they'll lose one uh, important player, but the, the rest of it, they're, they're just going to get off scot-free. And they did. And it, they did just sacrifice one person who was semi-important. And, and that was, that was the end of it. Um, so yeah, the stakes, you know, are going to be really low and the rest of the time you're staring at the screen and going, what are you doing? Um, cause as you said, the entire point of this journey to this place was, was, you know, yes, rescue the kids because you, you want to make sure they don't have any bomb makers anymore, but also destroy the bombs. And so what do they do? They run into the building that doesn't have them. And somehow right. at the very end, it's like all you had to do was spread a little gasoline around and, and you know, light a match. And somehow Bubba Boss is able to do that with a library. Um, yeah, but you can't do it with some bombs. Off, but you couldn't do that with the bombs, right? I mean, he's and then the, the whole conflict between the two siblings where she pulls the gun on him. That he... just seems so Oh, come contrived. on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. All yeah. of it. I mean, like, I found myself taking Kofun's side for a change and i don't like the kid <laughs> I, I i didn't take I, I couldn't take his side because i mean they're they're burning up a library that's number one but that's the main thing is is that by the time she was doing it it's already completely engulfed it's on fire right there is no point yeah what is she gonna do i mean i i like what the, i can't remember what the name the the, the name of the uh the mom of the kids basically oh, magra magra no not magra the, the black woman Oh, she's not their mom. She's the sibling. She's the, she's the oldest sister. Oh, she's the oldest sister. Anyway, when right. she, when she tell when she tells uh, the sister, there are more. <laughs> of course, there are. Cool yeah. your jets. Jorma, I was like, Jorma Morel was all was known for going all over the. He's known for going all over the country, spreading his seed everywhere, and he's obviously, like the Johnny Appleseed of. Yes, <laughs> and and so obviously you don't put all your eggs in one basket as they say. So it yes. makes absolute sense that he had other libraries. And by eggs, and... you mean sperm. <laughs> I actually meant books at that particular moment, <laughs> but sure. Yeah, uh, and, and so, not yeah. only that, but there's just got to be, you know, the, the remains of, of libraries and books that he Everywhere. doesn't have anything right. to do with because civilization right. just collapsed. So, you know, it should be out there. So, yeah, right. of course. But it's it's still it still wasn't an, an activity that I could exactly go rah rah about, yeah. and and exactly. yeah. you know everything else it was just it was filled with it was a, it was a plot that was moved by stupidity, which is one of my pet peeves, and I I was just I spent most of the time just yelling at the screen, going, "Why are you doing that?" <laughs> yeah. What do you yeah. think of Queen X Queen Kane's speech? Whatever. To... I oh god. I am your queen. <laughs> I felt like yelling. I didn't vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate her so much. There are no words. I oh, do too. They have to, they have I do to too. kill her. They, they, uh, they uh, better at least, you know, give her a suitably horrific end yeah. after all of this. 
I, I really feel that there it, somehow it's going to fall down at the end and she's not going to get the end that she deserves. But oh yeah. well. I mean they'll they'll get rid of her, but it just it'll be unsatisfying. I have the after feeling. she probably kills Magra. Yeah, something or, like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. Oh. Or she'll be like more Margaret. peaceful than she deserves. I, honestly, I don't like Margaret anymore. So, whatever. All right, let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, and let's talk about another show that can't move forward. Um, last week's episode, uh, Galadriel gets a vow from the the queen that they're going to give troops and they're all going to go to the Southlands or whatever. And what's insane to me is the time movement of the different groups. So she's like, okay, we're going to get ships together and go. And at the same time, the hardfoots migrate from one end of the continent to the other. Apparently. In they like really walk fast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Cause they were showing them moving on the map. I was like, how is it possible for them to migrate from there to here? And yet on Numenor, they can't fill up a couple of boats with some troops. Like it was insanity uh, how the time was moving. And then you have the siege that's about to happen. And I, the other thing about the siege is you have, you know, the guys, half the group leaves and half the group stays. And that seems realistic. Like half the people are just going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to surrender so that I can survive. And the other half are like, nope, I'm going to fight. Like, that felt real. Because usually, you know, you have your hero give a speech, and then everybody's like, yeah! And then somebody's – that never happens where someone's like, dude, why would you do that? Let's all go or else we're all going to die. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, let's do that. <laughs> so I did like that that happened. But what I didn't like was at the very end of the episode, all of a sudden she's like, screw it, let's all surrender too. And I was like, What? Where's this coming from? And they have this conversation in front of everyone. Yeah, that was lame. It was insanity. Insanity. So, all right. I'm done. I, I, I'm going to jump in because I have something to say about that. Um, I was, I think I like the show most out of everybody, I think. Um, I like the show. I, I, don't I do like the show. Well, I don't disagree with, I think, probably everything that you said, but not as strongly. You know what I mean? Like, I, it didn't bother me as much. Listen, I'm like a, sh I'm like a, I'm like a tiny baby with like a shiny set of keys. You know what I mean? Like just jangled in front of me, <laughs> and like I'm just like the pretty landscaping and the beautiful cinematography and the lighting and the score and the letterbox. It's just, it's so pretty. And there was that scene where the ships were, you know, leaving the port. And it totally reminded me of one of the like 57 endings of Lord of the Rings, you know, where they're like <laughs> heading off to Valinor or wherever they were, right? Into was, the West. What? Yes, to the West. It was just so pretty. And maybe it was like um, emotionally sense memory something. So, and, and here's a point, like when you brought up about the like splitting in half and this and that, you know, she was doing that, like she was getting on that, you know, thing. And I was like, oh, here's the Henry V speech. You know what I mean? And I was like, let's see how well you do. You know, the St. Crispin speech of, you know, rousing every... I was like, I think it was like four sentences. And she was like, so let's do this. And I was like, yeah, that's not particularly inspiring. I might have left with the other crowd. And, and I liked that the audience, the crowd was like, eh, yeah, yes. that's what I mean. I was certainly like, eh, I might go with okay. those guys. I mean, I'm certainly not going to follow that, the leader dude, though, because he's... I was like, I would not follow him anywhere. So, so that being said... Um, I will just say, because you guys can diss the show all you want. Um, it is slow. It kind of didn't 
doesn't make sense the timing all of that but like i individually like the characters i really despise not despise way too strong of a word i read i didn't even read but i saw like the title of an article about like why is galadriel so annoying or so hard to like and i like wanted to click on that because i was like oh yeah let's talk about how she is really hard to like so so but i felt like uh, that she gave that little mini speech about how her 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 best friend and her men like turned against her because she was this and that and so she was you know she was a little bit contrite and she understood that she was like nuts you know she had some self-awareness um i like the oh yeah i really liked her in that yeah scene. i thought she was great i thought the acting the writing so like that to me again those human moments you take a breath from you know the, the this and the that um and and like i said it made me like her more i mean i want to love her right um so and then she apologized to the king who who has yet to be king or whatever you know who what is like i like a lot of the individual characters i love the 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 leader who is the the you know the guy the ship guy who has the son who you know has been under yeah you know i like him you know i i i like the queen i like hot elf dude like you know i i, <laughs> I, I like sorry hot elf dude i've i've totally um objectified you but whatevs so um so for me there's enough bits and pieces and it's so pretty to look at i am having a fine time with it like i i know i i like it i just want it to speed up just a little bit i, I, kind of I mean but i like all, i like all of it i you know i agree but it, it's okay because it allows me to live in almost like some of the shots are almost like a not caravaggio i can't think of the the, the painter but you know the chiaroscura and the like the just it lets me live in the world because it's so slow that i'm like okay alan with lee that. huh wasn't alan lee the big tolkien artist dude yes yeah like you know i think it's true to that the essence and so i like to just sit in it you know what i mean and like you know i don't mind it it's it's yeah it's a little slow it's whatever but it's got enough going for it it's so pretty uh and it's it's in this nice escape for me so i mean i don't know if it's a billion dollars worth but i could see the money up there <laughs> i can see some money was spent and i and they made good use of it all right tom go ahead I, i'm still you know i'm watching i'm not I might hate watching it, but I might love watching it either. I just, it's too much table setting and yes. something needs to happen. Sure. And I just, I read an article. We're not going to find out who the stranger is in season one. It's like, what? really, really? You're just going to string us along? I mean, come on. This is. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't bother me as much. It's okay because I like him right now. So. And I find not knowing is kind of interesting. So that doesn't bother me. Uh, continue. Just, boy, it's like, couldn't they have like paid whatever they wanted for the Silmarillion? Because it really feels like we're on this elliptical and occasionally, oh, uh, yeah, we, we moved ahead an inch <laughs> on the floor mat. Um, but other than that, I'm just like, uh, whatever. Yeah. All right, Allison. The music's that's good. The, yeah, the music's very good. Um, well, I mean, it's it's beautiful to look at, beautiful to listen to, but I I think you know I mentioned last week that I think structural. I think the problem is structural. We've got a situation where we have all these disparate people. They're separated from each other. They're not interacting with the other groups, and it just drags on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And they should we we should have just you know gotten these people together. 
you know, then separate them and have them do their own things, fine. But they have to, they, we have to see them as a group and a, a unit and working toward a goal. Yeah, I was going to say, they and, have to have a goal that they're working towards. Yeah, yeah, and so far, you know, they don't even know they're working toward this, t t toward a goal. Uh, the only one who seems to have any sense of anything, really, is, is Gladriel. And she's being portrayed as so fanatical and single-minded that, that she is really hard to, to relate to or, or care about. Um, I, I think I that really one like speech, her, I, well, I think I, you know, I wanted to like her in the beginning and I kind of did, but I think the more they just keep hammering away on this, this fanatical single-minded aspect of her character without, th that's why that one speech was, uh, was, was so important yes. where she says, yes, everyone turned against me. That sense of self-awareness that, oh, maybe, you know, everything I'm doing isn't so great because that's the thing. You can't relate to someone who doesn't have any doubts um and and she needs that she needs to be able to second guess herself she needs to be able to i mean she may not be a human character but she needs to express human qualities that we can relate to for for her to be somebody that we we really deeply care about so even though i liked her in the beginning i found myself increasingly caring less and less because she she it has been portrayed as this fanatic and and i really want to see something something else from her but then you know it's the same thing with the rest with the show as a whole i want to see movement i want to see you know them moving toward the story i want to see something that indicates these characters are moving together you know that they're coming together in some way and and so far i'm not getting this and it's just i feel this this sense of spinning wheels and even though i i loved seeing it in the theater the, you know those first two episodes my enjoyment has gone down little bit by little bit with every episode since. And I still am watching it. There's still things to, to like about I it. I think that this episode was better than the last week's episode, though. I, I it think... was pretty much the same for me. Uh, but I, I, I just, they need I like the flood dream last week momentum. better. You like the what? Yes, the flood was great. The that flood was dream was good. Oh, yeah. But something um, happened, even if it was only in a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Uh, it's sort of like a sneak preview of what's going to happen to Numenor. Um, but yeah, the, the the rest of it, it's just, I just feel abandoned. Like they don't know how to move forward. They just know that they've got a certain number of episodes they've got to fill. How many and are there going to be? How many are there going to be? Uh, eight. There will be eight for season one. And we're Haven't on five? Have a billion dollars yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep All them cranking. Right, <laughs> All right, let's wrap that up. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to campfiregmail.com, find us on Twitter, on Facebook, this is something radio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.